0: And welcome back, everybody. You're listening to Esco Confessions with me. I'm your host, Alexa Max, and I have Mr. Lane with me. What's up? What's up? <laughs> oh, Hi,
1: friends. Hi, podcast friends and followers.
0: So today we're going to talk about...
1: Today we're going to talk about if
0: oh, prostitution
1: God, okay. helps with sex addiction.
0: Yes. Yes. Thank you. I was like, I know what we're going to talk about. I, I didn't I didn't know how to phrase it in English, but yes. Oh. okay so yes what is a sexual addiction sexual addiction is basically excessive masturbating and when when you watch too much porn and basically like your mind is occupied with sex so much and you're constantly seeking it and it takes you away from daily activities and uh, it's it's all your life like looking for sex and needing to have sex all the time on a constant basis.
1: Yes, that's one that's one definition of it, um, because much like any kind of eating addiction or other addictions that help perpetuate you know humanity, um, sex is a biological imperative. So we have to have sex. We're hardwired to have sex. Um, so we can procreate and we can carry on humanity but it's also defined as anything that is problematic but that's a controversial thing saying sex is an addiction because a lot of psychiatrists have excluded it from the DSM and the DSM or the DSM-5 is the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual of Mental Disorders the guidebook that psychiatrists and counselors use to define mental illness.
0: I love that book has all kinds of disorders And I'm like, oh, this one looks like me. Oh, that one looks like me too. (laughs) I'm just kidding.
1: But still a very popular thing because, well, popular to say that it's a problem or it's a real medical condition or mental um, illness. Because a lot of celebrities, like Tiger Woods, for instance, when he got into all this trouble from having his multiple affairs, he claimed, oh, I'm a sex addict. And then the predator, Harvey Weinstein, also said, hey, I'm a sex addict too. When he was, um, you know, when he was brought to trial for his assaults and for his, um, his uh, misdeeds and things he did. Um, so it tends to be a catch-all for bad behavior. But I also remember uh, one, of, one of the porn stars that I follow, uh, Penny Flame, when she wanted to go on the Dr. Drew show, Drew Pinsky show for her sex addiction, he actually treated her. And she subsequently retired from porn and became a counselor uh, and Jeannie Ketchum. And she wrote a blog about it and a book and documented her struggles with sex addiction and her recovery and her education. So now she's a counselor and she specializes in addiction and uh, therapeutic uh, ways of dealing with addiction. you feel like you are something that you are addicted? I know I have in the past felt that way.
0: Uh, I um. When I first started, I thought I was addic- addicted to sex because um, I had more orgasms with with guys who pay me for sex rather than guys who don't pay me for sex. But and and it turned out that um, I just I was addicted to having money in my pocket. So and I think um, like with me, I crave intimacy a lot. Like I have to have a crush on a person, and then like th- that that feeling. I don't I don't know how to. Explain it, but it's not just sex for me. I have to have everything.
1: Right. And in some of the literature, you see that uh, women tend to be associated with love and intimacy addiction more so than just the sexual component, whereas men Mm -hmm. and men presenting individuals tend to be more sex addiction. I remember years ago that I used to have the same problem. Um, when I would go to SSA meetings, which is Sex Addicts Anonymous, um, and there would be men there, and sometimes women in the groups, there were a mixed group who would, you know, present having these kinds of problems. But I didn't have the same problems that they did. You know, like I mean, I was acting out in and and dangerous behavior, but I wasn't the same way they were. Every, but everyone's different though, and I don't have the same problems anymore. Like I've changed a lot of the things I've done that. I've done in the past that was considered problematic. Um, so I don't consider myself to be an addict, not, I haven't in about a decade now. Um, maybe it, during that time, it was a problem for me, but I don't think it is now for sure.
0: I always wanted to know, it's such a stupid question, but do, do guys, well, in the Sex, uh, sex Anonymous uh, group, do guys still hit on women that are there, or is it like a big no-no? What What are the rules about the sex?
1: Yeah, it's it's a big no-no. Um, there, there's so if you ever go to one, you figure out which group you're going to go to.
0: Yeah, and
1: there are open groups and closed groups. Oh, and closed groups are closed to gender only, so it's only men. And then only women and then open or mixed groups or both. And there's always a certain set of rules and, 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 um, things that you're supposed to follow, like norms, you're supposed to follow as in, you know, you interact with people that you have consensual consent to interact with. Um, no, no, um, talk about, uh, things that are uh, explicit, um, you know, no touching anybody without their consent, um, you know, and even, in, in, even in, in mixed group rules or even in like any kind of addiction support group rules where you have to take turns with sharing, you have to have, you know, there's no crosstalk. There's no um, you know, making things identifiable to other people. I remember at the time there was a member of the group that I went to a meeting once or twice and the guy, one of the guys there was also at the church that I attended and I saw him in their church service. And he was interacting with me and, and who I was married with, married to at the time. And I didn't like the way he was interacting. It was very overtly friendly. Oh. And that was part of his thing: how he interacted with people, how he over, how he, um, uh, his acting out, which is one of the things you talk about when you people have psychological problems. Acting out is a way to, to identify negative behavior. And I stopped going to that church, and I stopped going to that group. And I really stopped interacting with this person. It wasn't like he was trying to be malicious. It yeah. was just overtly friendly. And I did not like, I felt like he was crossing boundaries and I didn't talk to him about that. Which I probably should have, but I was uncomfortable. And obviously when you're uncomfortable, you don't want to do things. So that's mm. how it worked out. But yeah, when you show up, you, uh, you go to the meeting, you, you know, introduce yourself. I am, you know, I am X and it's say hi X welcome to, or I say, I am X. I am a sex addict. And then you say, hey, welcome. And you're amongst friends. And then you have your discussion and then eventually you get a uh, sponsor and then you go through the 12 steps with is One of the ones that's a 12 step associated recovery group, um, just like Alcoholics Anonymous, Overeaters Anonymous, Gamblers Anonymous, uh, Narcotics Anonymous, Trypoholics Anonymous, any kind of anonymous based group is based on the Alcoholics Anonymous model. Hmm. and depending on how long you've been sober for they give you a commemorative chip so if you have i had one day of sobriety then you give you a white one day chip and you can build up to up to 25 75 you know however many days you want and then weeks months years etc and then the the interesting thing about saa which is Sex anonymous is that you determine what sobriety means for you oh. and that could be anything from, Uh, not acting out in dangerous or negative behaviors or simply just not doing one particular thing that's a problem or it can mean being completely celibate and sober and not doing anything at all and so say you have a particular thing that's always a problem like you engage with illegal trade like Mm -hmm. i.e you know hiring uh, an escort or professional and that's you know illegal in whatever jurisdiction you're in and you do that regularly and you end up getting arrested for that, or you can cons- consistently get arrested for that. Wow. Or you are in a committed relationship with somebody and you constantly cheat on them. Or say you yeah. have a proclivity towards you know, exposing yourself in public. Those are your negative things. Sobriety for somebody might mean not engaging in that acting out behavior.
0: Is there a certain age group that's usually in SAA?
1: Um, I mean, usually it's it's for adults, so okay. anyone over 18. Um, I noticed the groups I went to were very much men who were over 30. I mean, there were a few young men in the group, but I think I don't know, I just demographically it would tend to be all men of a certain age. I think at least over 25 that I noticed. But I've only been to a couple group meetings. Um, I'm not a regular and I'm certainly not in the program. Currently, and I don't feel like I need to be because I, I said I'm not the same person I was, you know, I was, you know, 27, 28.
0: And I kind of always wanted to go to one to SAA and just find out, just see what problems people had. And um yeah, one time I think I went to Alcoholics Anonymous just because somebody invited me. And I'm like, oh yeah, why not, why not go and it was so long, but they provided us with coffee and donuts, so that was okay. But it yeah. was just interesting to hear everybody's story and feel bad, but at the same time relate in a way. Yeah,
1: it, it the motto is it, it works if you work it. Mm-hmm. So work it, you're worth it. That's what you always say at the closing. That's a good motto to have because it sort of puts emphasis on yourself and is successful because much like any other kind of manifestation technique, you, you give your problems to a higher power. Now you don't have to believe in God or the universe or whatever your higher power is, it can be as you know, subjective. And so when you give your problems over to a higher power, you, you put them in and you put the abstract in there in their hands, but then you work on yourself and you walk through the steps. And I don't remember all the steps because I've only been through a couple of steps when I went And like I said, I'm not in the program anymore, so I have very limited exposure to it. Um, but you can find it though. If you Google SAA recovery and then your town, you can find meetings in your town and they'll tell you where and when Mm -hmm. and the type, whether it's open or closed or mixed or what have you. And then you can decide which one you want to go to and then you just show up and you should be welcomed. And everyone, you know, would, uh, help you work through your problems if that's something that somebody wants to do. Um, but like I said, it's controversial. Not people, not everybody even agrees that it's a real problem. Um, there've been studies that, um, have come out, uh, in previously in in the past few years that say sex addiction is not an actual clinical problem. And that it's just been made up by people who are anti pornography um, campaigners, people who are anti-smut or like religious groups who try to demonize mm-hmm. pornography and sex workers by saying that it adds to the problem of addiction. Yeah. And those people yeah. really don't have the, the data to back up that addiction is a real thing or not. And I, I think it's all like a, a lot of other things that if you find that it, it's a problem for you, it is a problem for you. And if it's something that you want to seek help with, you should. But that does also mean that you should not tell other people how to live their lives, in my opinion. Right. But I'm very libertarian anyway, so that's how I kind of respond to it.
0: Yeah, I was reading on the, the, first, the first thing that popped up when I Googled sex addiction was WebMD article. And it said, um, oh gosh, what did it say? Like sex with prostitutes is apparently... sex addiction i'm like what is wrong with that like yeah like i'm one but at the same time what's wrong with that like you pay somebody for sex because you can't get laid but but unprotected sex is part of this sexual addiction and which yeah like participating in risky behavior and then it was like public sex and i'm like well no i don't agree with that public sex is fun as long as you don't get caught um (laughs)
1: <laughs> right but like what if you have public sex and a child sees you or a minor sees you and that's obviously a problem because you can't ex- you should not expose children to that kind of thing no now granted if you're doing something like in a park at, at, after hours and you're only people around and the cops discover you then technically you're breaking the law for public indecency mm-hmm. even though nobody was hurt it's, it's victimless um that's the thing you know it, it's you know, prostitution still is illegal in a lot of places. And part of the thrill some people have is breaking the law yeah. and not getting caught. And that's part of why it's a risky behavior. People live their lives differently and everyone can do what they want to do as long as they don't hurt somebody else. That's, that's the general consensus.
0: Amen. Amen to that. <laughs> was, it, was it Easter recently? How was your Easter? What did you do?
1: I had a very low key Easter spent with family and we had chocolate eggs and we, I did do a thing that was very Easter related before a few weeks before there was a pagan inspired uh, photo shoot that we went to and oh. it, it was in a, it was in a park and it was next to a church. Oh, the church was having an Easter egg hunt and our little pagan community had a bunch of, you know, have, we all have kids and the kids were like, Oh, Easter eggs. Yay. And the little pagan children ran over and grabbed the little Christian Easter eggs. And we're like, we found Easter eggs. And the little kids were like, hi, and like, hi. And then like, all these church fam- families were looking at us like, who are you? Why, are, why do you have our eggs? And it was like, we had to kind of like take, these don't belong to us kids, put them back. And like, okay. And it, was, it was really cute and fun. And so <laughs> I, I, I'm carrying that as an Easter event. The uh, crossing of uh, pagan and Christian Christian traditions,
0: help yeah. with the oh.
1: stara and Easter celebrations. What did you do?
0: I don't remember. Oh. I think I just stayed at home, watched Big Ben Theory. I think I did that because that's what I've been doing for the last week or so, and I have two more seasons to go, and that's it. And yeah, I've been slacking. Stuff, but yeah, that's what I did for Easter. I think I had an audition that day too. But I yeah. about it. Um, what what is what is coming up? What holidays coming up?
1: Um, in the pagan tradition, Beltane is around the corner. And that's like the spring holiday where everybody gets it on, also known as May Day. Uh, with the maypole that's a big thing and then after that you've got um some like i think arbor day is coming up we just had earth day and then you know july um or mother's day mother's day and the father's day the father's day and then mother's day later on and then you've got fourth of july so parent days are coming up soon and then united states probably having, having a birthday after that and my birthday is in august so okay. that's that one right yeah um i I don't know if we've talked enough about the sort of sex addiction do you think do you think any of your clients are exhibiting those kinds of problems like they're having sex addiction problems like are you do you have any that are engaging in ultra risky behavior
0: Hmm. no not my regulars they're fine um i think I don't know if I could put slobbyists or hobbyists on the list of having sexual addiction. They have addiction to write reviews about the girl's performance, but that's another
1: topic. Are any of them are any of them married?
0: Oh, all of them are married, I'm pretty sure. The slobbyists or like my regulars?
1: Your regulars, yes. Because if they are, then technically that's risky behavior right there because. Ah,
0: that's-
1: risk of them ruining their marriages uh, their thing. Then I don't want to, I don't want to kink shame or judge.
0: I know one of them, one, one okay. of them is married, I think, but um, yeah. Uh, but others are single. They're just busy for, you know, dating and whatnot. And...
1: It's just an important issue though. I mean, it's uh, part of, I remember, I remember when Penny Flame went through the Dr. Drew show, and I remember she wanted to be on the show to begin with because she wanted the more exposure for her pornography career. Oh. And, you know, he helped her confront a lot of things. She wasn't ready to confront like her childhood, some childhood, you know, abandonment issues and how she made some poor decisions, poor, I use air quotes because she regrets them later, but she made decisions early on in her modeling career that brought her into, you know, this realm. And I think she also had some drug, issues. Mm-hmm. I don't want to paraphrase her story because I've read her book, but I, I, I didn't live it firsthand, but I know she had some drug issues at some point too. And that could be a catalyst as well. You know, sometimes people tend to not only be addicted to sex and, and activities, but also to drugs and alcohol. It's mm-hmm. like they kind of, the three of them go along with each other. And so if you seek therapy for drug addiction, Mm -hmm. then you may also find that you're acting out and risky sexual activity or overspending, you know, or like compulsive gambling or what other compulsions you have. Um, And that's sort of where, you know, a lot of addiction therapy is based in let's get rid of this compulsive behavior and let's work through, you know, how our brains are wired because addiction works by creating synapses in the pleasure zones of your brain Mm -hmm. and your neuroreceptors that register pleasure um, are constantly stimulated by the chemicals that you are addicted to. And if you take away those bridges, the artificially created bridges, then you can't feel pleasure until they're there again. And so you automatically crave those chemicals to make those connections to make happiness. Mm-hmm. And so one of the, one downsides to people who use excessive pornography is this conditioning effect where they can only be aroused by it because they've created these synapses between what they're seeing and, and engaging in versus what they're actually using to reach climax. And wow. that's people who have too much pornography use or too much, whatever usage will create ways where they cannot have a climax unless they have that kind of stimulation and that's not really addiction per se but it's definitely conditioning so if you want to change how you reach that climax then you would stop watching those movies or stop engaging in the certain activities or other things that you built these mental neurological bridges with and i mean i hope i'm not way way off here that's always been my understanding Mm. of again disclaimer neither one of us are doctors seek professional medical advice for any conditions that you have or any kind of therapy you want to take because we can't be giving medical advice when we're not actual medical doctors big disclaimer
0: mm-hmm. disclaimer yeah cool
1: cool very cool <laughs>
0: very cool thank you so much for today
1: you're very welcome all right alexa you be good and you do good stuff and try not to get in trouble and i'll do the same
0: okay sounds good all right, <laughs> all right.